0: Life, if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for life. I can chase a thousand guys because God's promise is in this. Let's go. And I hope this motivates us, too. It's been motivating me for the week that even if it's just me, even if it came down to just me, if everybody evaporated and went away, I can just one guy against a 1,000 and lead a 1,000 to Christ, too. So can you. You need to mount up and go get these enemies out of the land that is supposed to be your land. Kick out the rest of your enemies. Don't join them. Don't join them. Get them out of here. God gave you that victory by promise. Joshua 23 and 14. Behold, this day I am going the way of the earth. And you, and you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you. All have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. Whew, that's good. And God made a lot of promises. He's really making sure they understand that what God promises, God does. That's a big one. What God promises, God does. So glad. And you know, when someone is about to die, I, I was thinking about this. Uh, I've, I've, I've known two people that died this past week. People I've known for a long time. I've That's kind of Been a tough week, is watching two friends go. Uh, When someone's about to die, people really listen to what they say. Whatever someone's last words are, people will always remember. And Joshua's trying to capitalize on this, to get Israel to cling close to God. I looked up a list of famous last words that people have spoken. Todd Beamer is a man who is on Flight 93 on September 11th, 2001. The terrorists intended to dive the plane into the White House and they wanted to storm the cockpit. His last words over the cell phone was, are you guys ready? Let's roll. President George Bush started saying that. Let's roll. Let's roll. Famous last words. Charlie Chaplin's last words are from when a priest was with him shortly before his death. The priest said, may the Lord have mercy on your soul. Chaplain replied, why not? After all, it all belongs to him anyway. (laughs) Um, Henry Ward Beecher, he was a minister in the 1800s. His last words were, and now comes the mystery. And finally, classic comedian Groucho Marx. His last words were, die, my dear? Well, that's the last thing I'll ever do. (laughs) I mean, you remember that. I mean, you're not going to forget it. Because that's the last words they said. And sometimes their last words even becomes that person's epitaph, which is the words that they're remembered by. And I think Joshua's trying to make an epitaph. He's trying to make these last words to be remembered by. He's using his impending death to make certain that the warning to get close to God sets in. To the Israelites, do not conform to the enemy. He says, guys, I'm about to go to the way of the earth. I'm about to die. And he's given them all this warning because he wants it to stick. He wants them to always remember this. Every time they think of Joshua, they're going to remember his last words were for Israel's blessing with God. And that's what he's doing here. That not one thing has failed of all the good things that God spoke concerning them. Everything God said he would do for them, he did. He did even at times when Israel fell short. You ever think of that? Even when Israel messed up, God still promised what He said He was going to do. 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, if we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. God remains faithful to His promises, even when we mess up. God has no lack of integrity. He has no lack of oneness. He is one. And so he's not going to flip-flop back and forth like we do. That's why it says he cannot deny himself. Once God promises, he delivers. Joshua's really trying to get the people to see this. And I think the word of God in this chapter is trying to get us to see it. That when God says he's going to do something, he does it. And so Joshua's using his last words to drive it deep into the people that God is faithful, that he has delivered on every promise that he has made for Israel. And For them to continue in this kind of blessing, it requires Israel's committed obedience. But I always say this, that the coin of encouragement has two sides to it. The coin of encouragement has two sides. One side has blessing and the other side has warning. It makes both sides of that coin. Now, people always want to hear the blessing side. That's the side they want. Tell me the blessing, what I get out of it. They want to know all the good things that God offers them. But the problem is they hate to hear that warning side. They don't want to hear that side because it, it, it announces what is required of them. They don't want to hear that. And so Joshua is about to cross back over into warning. He talked about blessing. You're, you've, God has given you everything he promised he would do. You've had victory after victory, but now here comes the warning. The warning is in that just as much as God answers obedience, God also answers disobedience as well. Oh boy, here we go. Flip the coin over with me. Let's go through it, okay? Joshua twenty three fifteen. Therefore it shall come to pass that as all the good things have come upon you, which the Lord your God promised you, so the Lord will bring upon you all harmful things until he has destroyed you from this good land, which the Lord your God has given you. When you have transgressed the covenant of the Lord your God, which He commanded you, and have gone and served other gods and bowed down to them, then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and you shall perish quickly from the good land which He has given you. So, there's the other side of that coin, guys. Hey, blessing! Yeehaw! Let's party! Wait a minute. Here's the warning. Here's the warning. Don't transgress the covenant. You want to party? Okay, but be careful how you party. <laughs> remember the golden calf? They partied, but they partied wrong, and it got them in trouble. And so the Israelites, they're very well aware of the good promises God delivered on. They remember all that. But that also means there are harmful things, too. God gave you good things. He's also going to give you harmful things if you transgress, if they sin trying to be like the rest of the world. And you know, when you talk about this aspect of God like this, people try to reject this character trait about God. God has this character trait that we just read here. And they try to, no, we don't want to hear that part. They, they, they don't want to know about it because they don't want to believe in a God who would be against their sin. Oh, I've got a sin I like. I enjoy it. And I want to have it. And I don't want to believe that God would come after me for that sin. And so they, they don't like this part of God. Just give me the blessing part. You know, on every coin, there's a quarter, there's a George Washington on the front, but there's an eagle on the back, okay? we got to take both sides of the coin and and get into the warning side too. People want their sin, and so they invent a false god that's okay with their sin. I want to show you Isaiah 45 and 7. You're never going to hear this from a prosperity preacher at all. Isaiah 45, 7. God says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. People have this really intense belief that God would never do such a thing. They really do. Mainly when people reject God and go their own way and then bad things happen, it's not just because God sits back and allows it to happen. He causes it to happen. He makes it happen. Why would God do that? He's trying to get you to turn around and come back. I had a friend who was, we were chasing tornadoes up in the panhandle. And I was, he was driving. I wasn't. And he wouldn't stop the car. There was a tornado up there. Well, that tornado got rain-wrapped. It got blocked by a sheet of rain. You couldn't see. You didn't know where it was anymore. Well, he was just barreling in there. I said, stop the car. We don't know where it's. Oh, I, I've been doing this for years. He's driving. He's gone nuts. I'm thinking, this guy's going to kill me. And I was yelling at him. Stop the car. And he was yelling back. I know what I, he was, he was taken over by this adrenaline tornado thing. Okay. All of a sudden, hail started falling, and it started beating the car up. And it scared him, and he stopped the car and turned around and went back. I said, thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, you're heading into a bad situation, and he's going to throw hail on the car and bust your car up to stop and get you to go back, to snap you out of this whatever thing is that you're in. And God does that to us. And when bad things happen, don't be curse God for the hell. Thank Him. He got you away from the tornado that was ahead that was much worse. God does these things. He does these things. I want to show you in Genesis 7-4 on the account of the flood. Genesis 7-4 says, I will cause it to rain on the earth 40 days and 40 nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. Guys, those rains didn 't just show up on their own. i 've heard people say, "Well, the rain showed up, and God allowed it." No, He caused it. It says, "I will cause it." God actually willingly sent rain to drown people. God drowned horses. God drowned kitty cats. God drowned and destroyed these people and these animals. and we don 't want to believe in the God that would do such a thing. He did it because of man 's sin. This is real. People just don't want to believe that God would cause calamity. They want to believe the flood just happened and that God just allowed it. No. Isaiah 45 says, I make peace and create calamity. I, the Lord, do all these things. God does it. So now we have to learn to weigh out when bad things happen to us. Is it hail or is it a tornado? Probably it's going to be hail because if the tornado hits, you're gone. You're condemned. Be thankful for the hail. Be thankful for the bad situation you're in. Now, if God would have Joshua warn his own chosen people about this stuff, the Israelites, then what do you think God would do to us Gentiles for sinning and turning away as well? If the warning would be that severe, would be that severe on Israelites, what do you think God would tell us? (laughs) It would be just as bad it would be just as bad. He is not, he's not making his own chosen people exempt. He's putting it on them too. this idea that God cannot judge sin because that's just not God's It's not my God's character. The idea that God can't judge sin is very dangerous. It's a new theology brought about by those who want to justify their sin by, by insisting that God has no right to judge. And he does. If God is not allowed to judge sin, then Jesus Christ died for absolutely nothing. Because that's exactly what happened at the cross. God judged sin at the cross there. He has to judge sin because sin is foul and it's destructive and it has to be put down. It has to be put out. Sin kills. That's why Josh was telling Israel, you've got to drive the enemy out of here. Because I know some people are hearing that. Well, that's not very fair. They were there first. God told them to do it because they were pagans. They were never going to return and follow the God of Israel. Get them out. Get them out of here. He has to judge sin. And so Joshua wants Israel to prosper. And so he's using his last words to stress with utmost importance that since God has brought about all the good things concerning them, then he will also bring about the harmful things as well. God does this harmful things, which, as he said, to destroy them from the land. Destroy them from the land. If they transgress his covenant, if they reject and violate the great deal that he has made with Israelites. Now, as much as God promises blessing for obedience, he also promises destruction for sin. And I think that Israel really listened to Joshua here. I mean, I would be <laughs> guys. I'm about to die. Now here's this big warning. Here's this encouragement. Here's big warning too. my, like, wow, that's what I'm always going to remember him for, man. I better take this serious. And I think they listened to him because I read, I read on ahead, and in Judges 1, after Joshua died, Israel asked the Lord how to continue. <laughs> They're like, okay, we need to continue. Joshua's gone. Let's inquire of the Lord. I'm like, yes, they listened. <laughs> they really listened. They want the promises and blessings of God. And so in closing now, it's important for us to recognize the victories that Israel had that were bound by God's promise. The victories were bound by promise. And they knew that they had victories yet ahead, evidenced by the victories of the past. Basically, God gave them a track record. God says, look, I proved myself to you. I've done all these things. Not one thing went by that I, that I promised that was not fulfilled. I gave you a good track record to look at and go, you know what? God really does deliver. And so he's telling them, Joshua's telling them, now that you have that track record as something to base, to base on, now you go forward and continue to conquer based on the evidence that God does deliver on his promises every single time. You've got all this in your past. You can trust it now. Trust it going forward now. And so I want us to see a parallel for us in this too. Here's something that God promised would happen. I want to take you to a past promise. Isaiah 53 and 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. God promised that this would happen long before it ever did. He promised it way before it actually happened. And I want to ask you, did that happen? Was that promise fulfilled? Of course it was. It was fulfilled when Jesus died on the cross. He was bruised. He was wounded, chastised, all for our transgressions and our iniquities, for our peace. John sixteen thirty three. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. So I want to ask you, did Jesus overcome the world? Yes, he did, cuz he said he did. So, now take this promise in the past and base it on your future now. Here's a promise of the past that did happen. I've given you a couple. Now, here's a promise to base on your future. 1 Corinthians 15:57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if these things were promised to happen, these past things were promised to happen and did happen, then you can know that you can take the promises of God forward to future victories too. God gave you a good track record to follow. He has done all that He said He's going to do. And He has now given you victory too. Go forward in that. You know, I'll just be transparent, honest with you. I feel defeated sometimes. I really do. I feel beat up. I feel alone. I feel by myself. You know why? Because Satan wants me to feel like that. (laughs) But God says, I've given you victory. He's telling Israel, get up and go get those enemies out. So what I am saying here is don't forget about who fights your battles for you. Joshua says, I didn't do it. And guys, I don't fight your battles for you either. I'm here as an encourager, a pastor, but you've got the promises of God that He has founded already in the past with a good track record to say, if you can trust in this, then you can go forward too and put them in the future as well. So I say, look, identify your enemies, identify the things that are in your life that need to be out of there and go conquer them and stop feeling defeated because God gave you victory and He gave it to you based on a promise that you know you can trust. That's very encouraging. So we have good assurance. This is what Joshua tried to communicate to the Israelites. If God has delivered on every single promise in the past, then stick close to God and he'll deliver on every promise for you in the future too. That's very good. The same goes for us. God gave us a proven track record to put our faith in. Our battles ahead, our battles ahead are guaranteed. Your battles ahead are guaranteed. And if I can get you to see that Jesus' victory was promised back then, then you can know that your future victories are promised too. But in order for us to gain this kind of blessing, He must increase while we decrease. I have to make it a statement of my life, and I have to drive a stake in the ground or something, draw a line in the sand that once I step over this, I'm going to start working on my way to being decreased. I've got to start getting lower and less and less all the time instead of trying to make myself greater than I am. Today is my marker that from here on out, I'm getting less all the time. I'm going to get as low as I can. I'm going to get lower and lower all the time. But the lower I get, then the victories that happen in my life, people are going to say, how did you pull that off? And I'm going to say it was God that did it. He must increase. I must decrease. And Joshua was saying the same thing. He must increase while we decrease, but do not get caught up in the world, or that's going to mess the whole thing up. Romans 12 and two, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You have to prove to people what God's will is. How do you prove it? Well, you got testimony, you got the blood of the lamb, uh, but also how, how can you do it by not being conformed to the world? Stay holy, stay set apart. And, you, and, and transform how you think. Stop thinking, well, i got to make myself bigger, make myself greater. Renew your mind. Change your decisions. To I, I have to decrease. I have to decrease. And you will prove. You will prove that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I'm going to stand right here and pray. And if you want to come up here and get up at the front, here's what it's for. It's today I'm drawing a line in the sand that today I'm going to decrease while the Lord increases. So if you'd like to come forward, this is an altar. Remember the big mess they almost got into over an altar. This is where you come and sacrifice. God bless you. You come up here and you sacrifice of yourself. Today's the day to come put your sacrifices at the altar. Father, we thank you. As people come forward, they're coming forward to sacrifice themselves. They all have something in their life that they're ready to give up. they're going to put it up here at the sacrifice altar and they're going to let it be consumed. It's time to burn it off. Lord, some people have been here struggling with things, battling with things that they don't know how to take care of. Things that are too big for them. They don't know what to do. Lord, they don't need to know what to do because you've got this. Lord, today we decrease. Lord, today we let go of our death grip clutch on these things. We let them go. We release it. It's not going to own our thoughts anymore. It's not going to keep us up at night anymore. It's not going to distress us anymore. It's not going to steal our joy anymore. No more. You gave us victory over this enemy. And now we want to turn it over to you. Lord, all these people that are here and some out there praying Lord God in agreement. They're here to give it to you. Figuratively, place what's burdening you on your on this altar. Spiritually, place it on this altar out of your life it's hindering you it's blocking you from doing things that God has called you to do let it go let it go you don't know how to let it go ask God to show you Lord God these people are about to leave their sacrifice here they're leaving it and it's going to be consumed with your wrath off of them but on the altar. Just like you consumed my sin off of me and on Messiah Jesus. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now all of you walk away and leave it here. Leave it behind. I pray that this was a moment for y'all something that I wanted you to come and do something that you can remember that you did, this act of coming up here before the Lord in prayer and leaving it. Now go home. Go back out in the world with victory. It has been promised to you in the past. It's promised to you now, and it's promised to you in the future. Go live it out. Good stuff, guys. Thank y'all so much for being here. Amen.